morning, really. Amen. Praise God. Great to be here. Um, just to say that um, I've handed over, for those who don't know, I've handed over my ministry to people about 30 or 40 years younger than me. And ever since I've done that, the church has started to grow. So I'm not quite sure how to read that. And, uh, but that's been wonderful. And the Lord said to me, what I want you to do is do some outpouring services. Um, and when you speak, pray for the sick. Uh, release people who feel they're bound or oppressed or affected by the enemy. And, um, and for those who want a connection with God, uh, pray that they just, with them, to come to have a divine connection with God. So if there's anybody like that at the end of this, that you need healing, uh, that you need a release from something, or uh, your heart needs to be um, mended, uh, or you just want a, a connection with God, I'll make provision to, to pray for that. And... Um, but what the, what the Lord also told me to do is go and help all your friends' churches. So I'm not only involved in uh, doing, what, doing that, but working with churches to see them become everything God planned them to be. And so, um, and that's been a beautiful thing. And so... Uh, what the Lord said to me today, what he wants to do today, is he wants us to release favor over this church. Okay? So I'll do all the other stuff, but that's what God wants to do. He wants to release favor over this church. Um, he and uh, behind that will be increase, and behind that will be fruitfulness. And so we're going to do that before, because what could have happened here, um, and I'm, I was encouraged to hear you had a day of prayer yesterday, because sometimes um, there are powers and principalities over things, and they need to be broken, and then all sorts of things. An example, um, these, this is a sto Sue's story, not mine. Um, and you're here, so you can correct me, because sometimes, you know, it doesn't quite go in. I'm sure you don't have a husband like that, do you? No, no your, your wife couldn't, be, couldn't relate to that, because they take everything in, don't you? So, um, but we found that in, in City Church there, there was a period where we saw an, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, actually, about two or three times, and where all of a sudden, sometimes the church doubled. But we noticed, we went through a season where nothing happened, and soon we started to pray that, Lord, you'd send visitors, and you'll have to help me out here, Sue. But she saw at the door, can you just tell them? Come out here and tell them again. Because you know, I'll get this wrong, but you saw at the door something that was stopping people from coming in. And what did you do? 
Yeah? So she came against this. Um, and she asked angels to man the doors. And from that point on, every week, people, new people started to walk through the door. So we're going to pray favor over this church today. And it's not that God hasn't already started, but that's what God's told me to do today. So I want to speak to you about the church, about the church, because God wants to raise this church up. Um, God loves this church. I'm quite sweet on it as well. <laughs> right? And... Um, and it, I believe he's raised you up for a purpose and there's something quite unique about this church that is critical if there's ever going to be a move of God in Ormskirk. Different churches will bring to the party different things. And I believe that God has raised you up amongst other things. Your leaders will know more than me to be a prophetic community in this area. Yeah. Not all churches move like that. What do I mean by that? People that when they say things or do something, whether it's practical or whatever, uh, people feel God's saying it and God's doing it. So you, you might say to your neighbor, I'll, I'll pick you up a newspaper at the, the thing, you know, if you want, or buy you a bottle of milk, bring you some milk <coughs> over, I don't know. You might be chatting to them and say, I can't get out. And you might say, oh, I'll tell you what, I'll get you shopping for you this week. And you take them shopping, and they feel that Jesus has done the shopping for them. That's being prophetic. It's nothing to do with um, the action or the words. It's you carrying the spirit of Christ, and, it, and it's transmitting through what you say. Well, you see... Um, I believe God's raised you up to function like that. Well, whether you do evangelism, whether you do good works, whether um, because God's, that's the way things are, are going here. Now, there might be far, far more than um, that, but I know if we water that, you'll flourish. Amen? Um, Let's just talk about the church. It's so important. Uh, then when I'm, when I'm working with churches, I'll say to them, what type of church do you want? Uh, it's so important that you answer that. What type of church do you want? Uh, and people might say, well, I want a church where I'm, 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 I'm not, they don't upset me. I want a church that never changes. I want a church that reminds me of memory lane. I want a church where I can have a good laugh. And it's so important that you know what type of church you want. As you know, years ago we were in uh, 
Emmanuel Baptist Church is nearly 30 years ago now, isn't it? 27 years ago, yeah. And um, uh, in fact, yeah, we went there. We went there nearly, yeah, 27 years ago. And and um, and we've just come home from Africa. And they'd been through a really terrible time. Literally all hell. Had, but we were just coming because our second child, John, was being born, and we wanted to use the manse for free. Well, not free. <laughs> we'd have given them some rent. So they put us up. And... Uh, Cut a long story short, they said, we want you to be the pastor. And I said, well, I'll be no good to you. I said, I'm just staying here because Sue's got to have the baby. I'm not a Baptist. I said, I'm full-on charismatic. He said, that's okay because... We've all been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I said, the thing is, if I come in, everyone might start speaking in tongues. How will you feel about that? I said, well, that's fine. So I said, oh, well, I, I said to her, look, I'll, um, I'll only pray about it if it's unanimous. Now, that church had had a curse on it, disease, division, and death. And all the men were dropping dead in the church. That's how. And uh, she, I remember Myra Doddridge, it was, she said, oh, don't say that. She said, basically, they hadn't been able to agree on a pair of curtains for about 25 years. <laughs> so I said, well, if it's not unanimous, we're not coming. She half sank. Anyway, it was the first unanimous vote we'd had. Anyway, I remember I was sitting on the couch in the Mansfield and the superintendent knocked on the door. Now, the superintendent wasn't a born-again Christian. He was a liberal superintendent, the Baptist Union. Uh, he, and his values and his idea of what Christianity was, was we're, not, we're not even going on the evangelical scale. And he knocks on the door and he says, will you be the pastor of the church? I said, look, I'm a charismatic. In fact, he, I said, I've never been to Baptist seminary. I've never even, I've run, a, I've run a Bible school, but I've never been to one. He said, look, he said, this, this church is driving me round the bend. He said, I'll take anybody. He said. <laughs> <coughs> Hallelujah. But I, one of the first things we have to establish is what type of church did, do we want? And I put, because I said, I don't mind wearing a, 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 a badge, a Baptist badge, but uh, I'm a Christian first and foremost. So I put on the headed notepaper this because it was the vision of what I wanted to see happen. A Baptist church in pursuit of New Testament Christianity. You see, 
people need to know where is this church going? You know, like when you're standing at the bus stop and you want to go to Southport, the bus comes along and if it says Wigan, you're not going to get on it, are you? And you'll attract the people into your church that want to go where God has called you to go. If on your bus it says, no, the, the place you're going is nowhere, or fun city, I'd like to work. If I had to put up on my bus, I'd put glory. Hallelujah. That's very That would put a lot of Christians off, actually. That sounds a dangerous bus to get on. So you need to have a clear prophetic word. What is it? Where is it? The church, as a church, we want to go. And once you clear, you'll find people want to get on that bus. And, you know, in the same church, many years before that incident, I was a young person in that church. That was the connection. And I remember coming out of the church one day, <coughs> uh, just as a young person, and it was freezing cold November it was either November or February weather, really cold. And outside of that church, there used to be a bus terminus. It's where the 56 used to end up. And I walked out of the church, I thought, oh, it's freezing, I hope we don't have to wait long for a bus. And, uh, and there was my bus, right parked outside the church. I thought, praise God. Got on the bus. It was nice and warm. And uh, I thought, great, I'm not going to have to wait in the cold. And, uh, and then 10 minutes went by and I noticed one bus came in and then it went out again. I'm still sitting there. Another 10 minutes went by, so we're now 20 minutes Another bus comes in and goes out again. After half an hour, I go up to the bus driver and I said, um, when are you going? He said, I'm having me dinner. <laughs> so when I saw the next bus come in, what do you think I did? I'm just got off. You see, you see, there's a lot of churches that really are having their dinner. And I don't get involved in places or with people that just want to park up where they are and stay there while they have their dinner. Now, there's a lot of people more patient than me. Praise God. Well, hands up if you want to go somewhere. 
on then. You wouldn't have you it, you you wouldn't be having days of prayer if you didn't want to go somewhere. And God wants to take you somewhere. You see, people will go to places and they ask things like, what do they teach? Where do they want to go? And do I want to go with them? Amen? So when you get those things clear, a bit of teaching today. You see, a church has to have three things. It has to have a right spirit. It has to have a right structure, a right wineskin, if we put it in uh, charismatic terms, and it has to have right doctrine. If you get those three together and you're clear about what, God, what your purpose is and you want to go with God, you'll start to see God and the Holy Spirit to move corporately on you as a church. Now, I just want to read this scripture, Matthew 16, 18. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. Upon this rock I will build my church. You know, so there's phrases that we use in the 20th and, and 21st century uh, that actually uh, you wonder where we get them from. But we know what they mean. Planting churches. Now, we all know what that means. Basically, you preach the gospel and you'll find a crowd gathers that forms into a congregation. But just because you've got a crowd or a congregation doesn't mean you've got a church. And you'll, that's why big, big places are raised up and then they disintegrate. They're either built on the one man's ministry or whatever. They haven't really got a church. And God is going to raise up is raising up, has raised up a church in this place. Um, you see, in reality, we don't plant churches. Churches, we, what we can do is we can preach the gospel and gather a group of people. But a church isn't planted. A church in ecclesia isn't planted. A church is not planted, it's raised up by yeah. God. Amen. Amen? When something was raised up by God, you know, it's got an eternal quality about it. Praise God. God wants, you see, it doesn't say, well, what it does say is, I will build my church. Particularly in Africa, we used to split students up and we get, we'd send them out to plant churches. And the, I think it was about six they ended up with there. Um, and then they went all over the country. And I think through that ministry, there's churches all over the country there now. But they, what they've got is gathered people. But God wants to raise up his church. And when he raises a church up, heaven opens and hell shakes. Amen? Yeah. And the gates 
of hell will not prevail against it. Amen. When God raises things up, uh, heaven opens and hell shakes. The community starts to be changed. Um, atmospheres change. Mindsets change. Perspectives change. Even the politics change. Wherever you see uh, a live church, be sure that that area will start to see regeneration. When a church starts to fall to bits and die, don't be surprised if every cult, uh, both Christian and, and other religions, rise up. It's a sign that the church is has collapsed. That's why judgment starts at the church. Uh, development starts at the church. Reassessment starts at the church. Repentance starts at the church. And once the church gets its act together, heaven opens. Amen. Don't be watching Parliament Watch the synods. Once the synods start to get synced to heaven, you start to see a move of the Holy Spirit nationally. Praise God. You see, a church is a living organism. It's not an organization. Something that's living. You see, this church you're coming to is a living thing. That's why we like it. Um, it's a, an inspirational being rather than an institutional power. It's, it's about in connected relationships, particularly with God, not rules and regulations. You're not here because Adrienne told you to come. Your heart told you to come. Amen. Because you want to be with the body of Christ, your friends, and most of all, you want to be with Jesus. Amen. Um, let's just have a look at the way churches are raised up. Churches are raised up. I'm not talking about you. First of all, Preach the gospel, gather the people, put on things whereby you can meet. But the way it's raised up to become a church is by a visitation of God. Amen. And God wants visitation. I mean, last couple of times I've been here, we've been talking about a visitation on you personally. But God wants to visit you collectively. Amen. Amen. A visitation of God on Ormskirk Christian Fellowship where, where God moves in a fresh way. Hallelujah. That's what my heart is. And that's to, not to devalue what's happened in the past or what might have been even what happened last week. But I don't know about you, but I, I need a fresh... I, I'm, quite, I'm a bit like Oliver Twist, really. You know, I want to... 
I want a fresh visitation every day. I'm really what my mother would call hard-faced. Hallelujah, I want, an, I want a visitation today. I'm going to receive a visitation today. Oh, man, I can't be speaking to people with yesterday's bread. Or water that I got out of the tap six months ago. I need to be in a fresh place with God, fresh move of the Holy Spirit, fresh vision, fresh visitation. Amen. We're going to, going to pray for the fresh, fresh visitation. It's already in motion. Amen. It's already in motion. Well, I do say, Lord, you're telling me to say things, but I know you're already doing it. And he says, well, I've told you to say it. Amen. So I might be like yesterday's echo, but I believe God's here because he's raising you up. He wants us to pray favor over you and release a fresh visitation. Amen. And um, the way of best, this is how a fresh visitation comes. Acts 2, 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing, mighty wind. You could replace that with the sound of a tornado. And it filled the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. It sat on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And, you know, when a, this was obviously a, a one-off experience, but if you read Acts 4, there's a repeat. There's a repeat. And, you know, when God visits us in a fresh way, uh, the same things happen. You all want to be on the same. You always want to. You all uh, agree. This is where we want to go. No use me and Dave going on the same bus. And he says, well, I want to go to Wigan. I want to go to South Floor. No, no, Wigan's better. No, South Floor. No, well, you, the, the idea of you praying together is, Lord, to get you to heart. So you know what? That's where we want to go. Amen. We want to go on. Yeah. Amen. We want to go deeper. Yeah. We want more. Amen. We're hungry for you, Lord. Yeah. We want to sling this. And we want to kick out that. And we want to go forward. And they were all with one accord. You see, when, you, when God puts a conviction in your heart where you want to go, what you'll find is you'll see a, hear a sound from heaven. You see, that's where the, people think strategy and vision is a plan. Well, it involves a plan. But the plan is about 
the sound that you've heard from heaven. How many times, if I ask the leaders here, how many times you had a plan and you were just about to release it and God said, I don't want you to do that. I want you to do this. Because they heard a sound from heaven. See, there's been things that we've done in our church and they've been good things, but there's been things where someone's come up to me. Usually it's been someone else, not me. They've come up to me and said, I want to do this. And as they've said, I thought, God, that sounds like a sound from heaven. I want to start a football academy. I remember him saying that to me. do it. God blessed us so much there that the coach Everton would you believe pinched him off me. Are you an Evertonian? So I've had to forgive Everton. I remember someone coming to me and saying I think we should start a cafe off. I think they said it. That sounds like a sound from heaven to me. People walked into that cafe on the way to commit suicide and gave their lives to Jesus. I remember the time where we had a youth leader and I said, do you read your Bible? He said, no. I said, well, you're going to have to teach the kids. How are you going to do that without reading your Bible? Then he came out, he couldn't read. So we worked that one out. But he said, what I really want to do is, I like music. I'd like to do a worship night with the young people. We started this late night service. Revival came on the place. There's a sound from heaven. God's going to speak as you wait on him and you'll hear the sound. It's got a ring to this. I mean, I, move to your measure of faith. What I used to say to them all, let's do it for six weeks and see if God comes. Sound from heaven. And you know, there'll be a sound from heaven and then there'll be a fresh wind that blows. Amen. Amen. You see in your heart, God will speak to you and it'll be a sound from heaven. For some of you, it might be you need to give your life to God. For some of you, it might be uh, you need to become a full-on Christian and stop playing around with stuff. It might be a sound from heaven that says, you know what, you've got to sell it all and follow me. Or it might be a sound from heaven that just says, stick where you are and really dig down and get committed to the body of Christ. You'll, you'll hear a sound from heaven or sort a relationship out or forgive Joe Bloggs or Brenda. Um, Not Brenda. Yeah, even Brenda. Amen. And it's a sound from heaven. And as you respond to that sound from heaven, a fresh wind will blow. That's what I want for you as a church. And, and as I say, I could already be saying what's already happening, but I want to see that. You hear a sound from heaven and a fresh wind blow. 
And when the fresh wind blows, fire follows. Amen. Fire follows. Passion follows. Enthusiasm follows. Excitement follows. Vision follows. You know, when someone said to me, it's not sufficient, Dave, for you to have a vision. You've got to, you've got to impart vision so that when... Once you've imparted vision so the people think it's your vision, they will hold you account for that vision. And it was true. You know, if you, you have a vision and, and God puts it in your heart and you impart it and, and the, the church think it's come from them, now that's a very dangerous thing because if you're halfway down the vision and you think, you know what, I'm getting fed up with this, the church jump on you. What are you doing? I mean, these Baptist, Baptist uh, deacons, uh, I remember, I didn't like falling on the floor, right? So I remember speaking to them, or speaking in the service. I've been on the floor loads of times, and heaven just opens up on me. So, But I remember I had a bigger big problem, people falling on the floor. And I, I must have said in the morning service, this is the Baptist deacons now who said, I said, I'm a full-on charismatic and I'll be, you know, wanting to do this. And, uh, and I said from the pulpit, well, they say Paul fell on the floor, but you would if you fell off your horse, wouldn't you? <laughs> so I go in to have deacons meetings every week. So I walk into the deacons, uh, the diaconate room, and uh, all the deacons are sitting there like this. And they said, where's the horse? What? Where's the horse? What do you mean? What you said, he fell off a horse. I mean, Baptist deacons can be very, very intimidating. Little symbols, okay, show us the horse. I said, I'll show you the horse. I got my Bible out. I couldn't see because I didn't have glasses. And it's the first time I realized I was losing my vision. So I had to put the Bible on the floor. And I'm looking for this horse. There's no horse. There's no horse. Said, I'm sure there is a horse. Said, there isn't. And then I realized where the horse came from. When I was in my brethren's Sunday school, he gave me a Bible, and there was a picture of Paul falling off his horse. <laughs> but what had happened is they'd been bought, bought, they'd bought in. I'd said to them, I'm a full-on charismatic. I believe in being filled with the Holy Spirit. Speaking in tongues and everything. How are you going to handle that? They're coming back at me. I said, I thought you're spirit-filled. If God wants to put you on the floor, he can. <laughs> Hallelujah! <coughs> Brought me to account. 
church is God's family, a church is God's home, a church is God's body, a church is God's lover, and a church is God's army. And you'll find that all in Ephesians. I'll read these to you, and then we'll pray. We're going to pray favor over the church, okay? And heaven's going to open. And I think you confirmed it with your word. You said when you speak, it's going to happen. Amen. So we're going to see miracles happen in this room today. Okay, let's, uh, church is a family. Ephesians 2, 15, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. From whom the whole family. We are a family. We're not an institution. We're a family of people. God is building a family. You are coming into the family of God. You know, my dad had a big nose. I've got a big nose. My dad was five foot seven. I'm five foot seven. Jesus was holy, and you're going to be holy too. Jesus was filled with glory. You're going to be filled with glory too. Jesus healed the sick. You're going to heal the sick too. Jesus spoke, and people were brought to life, and you will speak, and people will brought. Why? Because you're part of the same DNA as Jesus. You're part of his family. You have his name. Now, if my name was Windsor, I would have no problem getting a mortgage. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Tom goes, I want to start a business off in in Ormskirk. I need to borrow off you half a million pounds. Oh, yeah. The guy stopped. What's your name, Tom? Tom Roth, Rothschild. <laughs> oh yeah, my dad comes. I come from Holland. <laughs> Hallelujah, and that's the way it is with devils. When they're dealing with you, they're dealing with God. <coughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Any demon comes to you. They listen, you be careful. I'm part of God's family. I'm his child. I bear his name. I have access to access to his bank account. We're family. Amen. I join the family of God. The church is a home. It's God's home. Together, Ephesians 2, 20 to 21, together we are his house. It's his house. Ormskirk Christian fellowships. God's home. Amen. Jesus lives here. That's why we feel at home, because Jesus is at home. That's why Sue felt at home. Because I think Jesus felt at home. Now, if a guy from over the road came to my house, 
and said, I don't like the furniture. Or I want you to get rid of that suite. I'd say, well, mind, well, I wouldn't I'd put it in a godly way, but it'd go along the lines of mind your own business. <laughs> right? Jesus lives in my home, which I hope he does. He says, Dave, I want you to get rid of this, and I want to get rid of that. I want to get rid of it, because it's his home. Amen? I want to make Jesus comfortable, don't you? You know, when we start services, or the way we do things, or the way we operate, questions should be... um, how do you feel about that, Jesus? You know, do you feel comfortable with that? In, in our church, there's numbers on the pews. Uh, well, it's James and um, Paul's church now. but There's numbers on the pews. And that's when it was built. It was a Methodist chapel. And you could... You could buy a seat. Actually, I have thought about instituting it again, you know. So you buy number 29 for the family. That way you could keep all the people you didn't want to come into the church out and all the selected people in, right? You know, would Jesus be comfortable with that? We do stuff where Jesus is comfortable. I think Jesus would like that, so I'm going to do it. I think he'd like that wallpaper on our church, so we're going to put that up. I think he'd like those flags. I looked over and you're doing those flags. I think Jesus really liked that, you know. I remember when I tried to do a flag and I I spent half the chorus trying to unknot the flag. (laughs) Then when I unknotted the flag, I then whacked someone over the head <laughs> while I was doing it. So I needed a, I could have done with your strong anointing there. Church is God's body. Ephesians 4, 15 and 16. Christ who is the head of his body. The church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And each part does its own work and it helps other parts grow. Amen. You come, this isn't a one-man ministry show. It's not even a team ministry show. It's a body ministry show. Doesn't mean you lead everything, but it does mean that you have a part to play. You know, when when um, my step back with the music and said, I'm going to give an opportunity for people to do this, that, and the other. Isn't it wonderful? But maybe the Lord gave you something, but you thought, no. You know, years ago, it's it's different now because things have been computerized, but Big Ben, when it was originally built, it had all sorts of big cogs making the big, the big finger go bong, you know, to the hour mark or whatever it was and and there'd be 
these big cogs and little cogs. And just imagine somewhere in the contraption, there's a very little cog. But for some reason, it wasn't there. You see, without the little cogs, the big cogs can't move. And the finger can never move to where it needs to be. Perhaps if we're going to see a revival in this church, you might feel you're a little cog. But God wants the capacity you to move, do something in faith. It might be just pray out for the first time. It might be while they're singing in tongues, you think, I'm going to open my mouth and see what happens. You know, God wants, while I was sitting there, the Lord gave me a word of knowledge for someone in the church, and I'll pray for you if this is you. But what the Lord said was, there's somebody sitting in the church that feels rubbish. You've got to tell them from me they're significant. Amen. You're part of the body of Christ. Amen. But I'm not in great condition. Well, look, God's going to be here. If If you want a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit, we'll pray for you. Let's have a look at this one. The church is God's lover. Listen to this, Ephesians 5.31. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are intimately united into one. This is a great mystery, but it's an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. God wants Ormskirk Christian Fellowship to create a context where this is the church where Jesus gets love. Amen. See, that's the problem with seeker services. And I I do seeker services, so, you know, sometimes it's great to do a seeker service. But the problem with seeker services is it's all about the seeker. There's got to be a place in the body of Christ where Jesus gets love. Amen. You see, I know people who come to my church because, oh, tell me when, and they'll only come when I'm about to speak. They'll miss the worship. Know people who've done that. Oh, what are we singing? Can't they get onto the word? The word. where Jesus gets loved. Now that word worship, do you know what it means? An alternative word in Greek? To kiss. Kiss God. Come here today to kiss God. But I've had a bad day. And Charlie's really got on my nerves, so I don't feel like, you know what? Forget Charlie. I'm going to kiss you. Well, I haven't got my lipstick on. (laughs) Just as you are. 
and all your ugliness and all your failure and all your need are stained with his. That's what worship's all about. I'm not a musician, but that's what worship is. In fact, I know worship leaders when they're not up front, they're not worshiping. So right away I know they're not worshiping. See, a really good worshiper knows how to kiss God when he's on the back row. The church is God's army. Philippine, uh, Ephesians 6.10. Final word, final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. We're fighting not against flesh and blood enemies, that is people, but we're fighting against evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world. That's what's going on in Parliament. Against mighty powers in this dark world. Against evil, get this word, evil spirits. Let's say that word, evil spirits in heavenly places. That's what's going on, regardless of what the brand is on the party. There'll be, fortunately, there will be Christians in there as well. I'm glad to say. But God wants to raise you up because the devil has had a heyday in Lenskirk. He's out to kill you. And if you don't kill him, he'll kill you. You've got to go after his throat. You've got to be full of the Holy Spirit, hearing the sound from heaven, watching where the wind's blowing, receiving fresh fire, loving Jesus, loving one another, and then we're going to go out. When we went to City Church, we had what I would call mafia groups on the street. Terrorizing people. We had a, a murder over the road. The churches had all closed down. One after the other. And I was just locking up one day. Because you know what it's like when you're a leader and you own your own church. Just a warning. You're usually the last out to ensure the lecky, the heating, the lighting's off. So I'm last out. I'm walking down the stairs. And the devil said to me, I'm going to kill you. That was a bad start. And by the way, this place belongs to me. 
Well, fortunately, there was no one looking. I tried to drop my voice now because, but I went ballistic. said, I am not going to die. I'm going to live. And furthermore, this belongs to me. I said, the Bible says he gives the heathen for your inheritance. And I said, this place is our inheritance so you can clear off. That was just the starter. Right, there was no one there. And ever since then, I've been going after his throat. Amen. Like she, like Tuesday, she saw those things at the door. Clear off. Go! Called on heaven. And the Lord put angels on those doors. Amen. This is what's been going on here. The devil has tried to destroy this church. This church is critical to the body of Christ in Ormskirk because uh, amongst other things, and you leaders will know in far more detail than me, but what I can say as an observer, you are a prophetic community and this uh, aspect of the body of Christ is critical. You know, you might be the Air Force of Ormskirk, the other one might be the army. They've got a great infantry. But you just sort of glide in the Holy Spirit and <laughs> drop bombs on the devil. Hallelujah! I wonder if the worship crew could come. I'm going to pray. And then... I'm going to pray and then we're going to do something. Uh, if you're not a Christian, you can sit this out, okay? We're going to break things in the spirit today. And the Holy Ghost is going to blow in a fresh wind, probably already started. I'm going to first of all pray, and then I wanna, I'm going to do something. And, uh, and then Mike will pick up, and we'll worship the Lord. Is that okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, I release favor over this church. Every curse that's being spoken over it by their enemies or by people who are, for one reason or another, I break it in the name of Jesus. And I release favor. I release fruitfulness. I release glory. I release increase. Oh, God, let a fresh wind blow. Let fire be ignited again. And, Father, let there be a sound from heaven. Confirm your word. As David said, Lord, we have spoken it. We release it. And in Jesus' name, let it be done. Amen. Amen.